All right, we're ready. I don't know. Are we? Play oh, it, yeah, I'm just playing. Play Sorry. Cue it up, baby. Spin that record, DJ. Yeah, I, I have to agree to use Twitter's cookies. I agreed. Here at the Alibaba headquarters, it's been an amazing, amazing time here in it's Hangzhou. Been awesome. It's been pretty cool. And all of amazing things. We can't wait to do what things we're going to do. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. So, <laughs> Holy shit. Coming. Our way, your way. It's going to be fun. <laughs> China, we love you. We, we love, love you, China. Yes. <laughs> okay. Peace. Wow. Russell. <laughs> we love you. We love you too, Russell. I think Russell got Manchurian candidated, like out there. They replaced his b- brain with. They took out the Jeff Bezos implant and put in the, the Alibaba implant. implant. Oh man, that's some cold. That's some cold shit. Cause they're like best buddies, right? Yeah. Hashtag fun friends. Mm-hmm. They are fun friends because. Oh, uh, it change wasn't that to a hashtag ago. fake friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's up with the weird shout out to china like was he at gunpoint for us to say that or was that just a normal russell wilson saying no that's something just, weird that's on just Instagram? a thing you would say if you're russell wilson i mean he's because he's, he, he has, feels like he has vacation. to endorse everything right yeah he's like oh I'm, okay i get it no that's, i get it china i get i know what you want that's the script that plays in his head and that is exactly yeah no that's that's him on a commercial set like he's like oh i get it the smile and and act like i like it that needs to be a thing like on like letterman or something like that where like uh uh russell wilson just comes they just put stuff in his hand and see what he says (laughs) they just put like a beer in his hand he's like love this beer having a good time (laughs) like like, russell yeah the two things he can do he can um throw a football he he throws the football right yeah though not yeah what does he do he's supposed to throw it Lots of times, he holds these on to days, it. he just gets tackled a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he, thro- well, he, he threw he the football tackled. once about two years ago <laughs> in the Super Bowl, and it didn't go so well. <laughs> the pass heard round the world. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, that's one thing he does. And then he also endorses whatever is in his vicinity. <laughs> yeah, whatever he sees. <laughs> He's like, He's, it's like Terminator Vision. <laughs> <laughs> Brand acquired. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I love Ciara. It, wait, we we never... We were split on this last time, right? Ciara, Ciara. Uh, Ask the tomato, Chinese. Tomato, tomato. Ciara. Okay, Ciara. So, it depends on if your accent is Mandarin or Cantonese. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know the difference, but... She's just trying desperately to stay in frame in that whole video. <laughs> Russell's, I don't whatever doing whatever he was doing, selling China to us. Yeah. I guess. But, selling uh, Alibaba specifically. Alibaba, yeah. The the global competitor of his hashtag fun friend, supposedly Jeff Bezos, Amazon and hometown, but. You know, there's so much to do in China. There's so many beautiful things, so many beautiful people. Um, just head down to the Alibaba headquarters. Pretty much <laughs> the coolest thing about China right now. The place they sell stuff. <laughs> Going to a, it's like this, um, like upper class impulse to like travel and shop. Mm-hmm. You know, to yeah. like we're gonna go across the world to shop, but they fucked it up because you probably can't actually buy anything there. They thought it was like a mall, but it's like in. The forty-year-old version, where um, um, she operates an eBay store, and the gag oh, is like people uh, coming. Catherine like, Keener, Catherine Keener's yeah. character, she mm-hmm. operates the, like her eBay store, and like 
the guy comes in he's like okay i want to buy it she's like well no you have to go online (laughs) (laughs) like that that was them i think well yeah it's good you brought that up because it sounds like they got a chance while they were there in china to try out alipay which must be some kind of pay with your phone thing so so, oh jesus what the fuck oh my oh, god look he's he he's, brought a football he's just catching a football <laughs> is all he's doing whoa <laughs> oh he's doing that dance wait is the, are these like the founders of alibaba god, lord knows so Pierre and i here in china right here hangzhou at the true authentic mart right here. So basically what you have to do is you put, put your phone up, find a QR code, boom, it scans it, tells you how much RMB you gotta put pay. If it's 29 RMB, 10 RMB, boom, and you pay for it and you're gone. Gotta try this pig feet now. It's you, like money. You pick up what you want, <laughs> yeah. you pay for it. <laughs> but still shopping. This so, it's a montage of him shopping, of them shopping. Alizilla. How does Bay feel about this? How does Jay Bay feel about this? We checking in on his Instagram, see if he's yeah. like throwing any shade on I, this shit. I, yeah, I can take a look at his. So, I mean, what about their pancake party? Like, what happened to that? That's the past. China's the future. We all know China's the future. So things- I think well, it's clear where where Russell's coming down on this whole trade war. Oh yeah, that's true. May might as well be kneeling on the field. <laughs> you think to the, just the, the level of, of the, the level of disrespect <clears throat> in this in this in these endorsements of China and Alibaba are akin to the disrespect to the flag. He's of the he's he stands for the anthem of the PRC though. He doesn't if he just sees a flag waving, he immediately salutes <laughs> yeah, it. Or yeah, it doesn't matter what it looks like. <laughs> Things are pretty quiet. On uh, Bezos's Instagram, what's he got? What's his latest post? A week ago, he was supporting an Amazonian who was competing in the Special Olympics USA Games, which actually took place here in Seattle. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so maybe that's his new hashtag phone friend. He didn't use that hashtag, but maybe Russell's been replaced by Leonard Flowers. I think that Jeff is like taking it personally right now and just fuming yeah. and not he's, saying anything. He's in that industrial kitchen, just crying, making making, <laughs> making just, pancakes. Just, just just stacks and stacks of pancakes. <laughs> Looking at that Ralph Waldo Emerson <laughs> quote on his, <laughs> on his frame. Russell, thank you so much for being Seattle's ambassador around the world, for taking sides against America in our trade war and Someone against Seattle uh, and our our Amazon overlords. Um, all hail Alibaba and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Colin, you've got um, something from our, one of our favorite news outlets. Yeah. Uh, what My Northwest, right? Yeah, that would be the place. So can I can't wait. Continuing on this tech theme today, there's there's a great little story about the other one of the other tech magnates, Paul Allen. Oh, <clears throat> but he's the good gazillionaire, right? Something like mm. that. He's, he's the owner of the Seahawks and technically Russell Wilson's boss. So. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> he, lo- he looks like if someone took Paul Schaefer and made him into a, a supervillain. <laughs> so what is our, you know, sub overlord Duke, Duke Paul doing yeah. for us today? Well, he's doing what we're all increasingly encouraged to do, which is use his money to, um, to make change. And so Paul Allen funded Blockable may offer new solution to affordable housing. That's the headline. By Ron and Don Show on my Northwest. Okay. Ron and Don Show? Yeah, the Ron and Don Show. <clears throat> so this must have come from radio or uh, something like radio. So the Ron and Don Show broke this story. I guess okay. so. We, okay, we need to find out we need to find out what the Ron and Don show is and start listening to it. But no, know, we that's don't. that's homework for later. Yeah, good good luck on that. Seattle-based startup Blockable is hoping to change the way affordable housing is developed using a new approach to design and technology. Oh, new innovation? This they, is, they must be 3D printing homes or something. Yeah, right? well, this is what we need to solve like our problem, our economic and class problems, and you know, all the, we need new ideas about how to build homes, obviously. So go on, Colin. Absolutely. So... The company recently delivered its first unit to land donated by the Edmonds Lutheran Church, reports GeekWire. It's part of a co-project with the Seattle-based Compass Housing Alliance that will see the creation of a three-story complex with 70 units. Wow, 70 units. So what I'm hearing you describe is a solution to our economic, the problems our economic system creates uh, that is land donated by philanthropic efforts and in this case a church and an apartment building sounds like you're describing an apartment building 70 units and three stories go on Greg, why do you have to rain on my parade uh, we talk a lot about homelessness on this show but we don't spend this must be the ron and don show by the way just my little yeah we, we don't also talk, talk about, about homelessness on this show. <laughs> yes we do but we don't spend a lot of time on success stories because there aren't many, said Cairo Radio's Ron Upshaw. This is a success story from the private sector, underscore bolded, 72-point font, not the public sector. Thank I, God. I, I, I hope they were talking about like a homeless dude who's really good at panhandling. <laughs> it's like, we don't talk about the successful homeless people, though. Yeah, that's the private sector. Yeah. Panhandling is a private enterprise. You have to file as an S-corp, I think. Yeah, so... And it's hilarious that that quote follows the fact that the land was donated yeah, to a corporation. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's the problem with the homeless problem, right? Is that uh, anyone can build a little tiny house that technology isn't new by any means. But, yeah. like, Seattle's really expensive. Land here is more than... Probably twice as what your home is worth, the physical value of your home. Yeah. Your land is probably yeah. twice as much as that. So we'll find out more about this, but basically, so far, ph- philanthropy is their is their brilliant the brilliant new innovation here. You're right, which uh, is not a new idea, and it's an anti democratic one and a bad solution <laughs> to everything. So, but go on. No, it sounds like the new thing is these cool little houses they're building. They yeah. probably got like USB chargers oh, in them. Oh, he, he said seventy <laughs> units <laughs> over three stories. That's an apartment building. Well, read on. We'll read on. Get into that. Instead of wood frames, the units are composed of steel, which make them easier to transport and arrange as part of larger units. Okay. And clean. Steel, <laughs> steel building, yeah. This Not is, new technology. You, you have to switch out the homeless people. Yeah. You just hose it down. Once they die. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like oak cha or something. Okay. Drains in the floor <laughs> conveniently. Okay, go. <laughs> Replete with Justin Bieber mural. Oh, yeah, are there like are there like um, vents on the top too for the introduction of Cyclone B pellets? <laughs> Probably. This is better than a tent, Ron said. These things are beautiful. Wait, wait. A house for the homeless that's better than a tent? That's Wow, innovation. Better well, than a tent, you say? You can configure them in any way. They're like Lego blocks. So what he's saying is you could stack them. Well, yeah. I mean, you saw Ready Player One. That's the future. So if yeah. we're going to work towards that so, future, then we have to start constructing the world we want to live yeah, in now. Yeah, the stacks. Yeah. The, uh, it's, yeah, it's they're basically prefabricated single-wides. And he says, and you can stack these. You can't stack tiny homes. Ooh. You can't stack storage sheds. <laughs> Blockable is the brainchild of co-CEO Aaron Holm, a former Amazon product manager and co-CEO Nelson Del Rio, who's worked extensively on partnerships between developers, nonprofits, and governments. Paul Allen recently invested $5 million, and the company is in the process of developing additional sites in Seattle, as well as in New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, among other cities. Cool, where they can find uh, churches or various other organizations just donate land to them. None of this material either is making this sound like it would be remotely affordable to specifically homeless people. Well, that's the like the whole point, right? Is like eventually, like you're either giving housing to homeless people or you're trying to create affordable housing those are two different things one of them is a solution to the problem and then the other one is just you know okay you're you're you're, you're putting a bandage on, on the problem you're, yeah. you're putting a stopgap on it because you know seattle has like already what like 20 25 percent vacancy on apartments yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> downtown yeah luxury real estate that's amazing the problem isn't there isn't housing <laughs> yeah right it's you know it's what you know $2,800 a month. Yeah, it's the price. Yeah. So, well, these don't look cheap. I mean, you just looked at their marketing site. It yeah, doesn't look there's cheap. not a lot of information, but... This looks like it's almost for people who have a plot of land somewhere cheap, and they want a cheap house, That, but that's nice. Yeah. Well, do they go? does the article go on to, to describe this as a solution to homelessness? Well, it started out that way, saying that this was a private sector win for uh it makes a, a point it says it's like a success not a public sector solution yeah oh well actually we're getting there so uh-huh. there's a sub headline that says blockable may be the model for getting people off the street okay go on for ron this type of project displays a resourcefulness and ingenuity that needs to be applied by the city on a bigger scale so ron's really liking what he sees what is he and he's just seeing Again, like you said, container-sized, like, single-wide. It's a single-wide yeah. trailer that yes. you can stack. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And modular, single-wide trailer. Yes. From everything I've seen and what we just read, that sounds like a perfect characterization. Go on. These are the types of ideas that we need to incorporate. We need to keep pressure on city government, Ron said. What? Right now, this pilot program is using the Edmonds Lutheran Church, and that's great. However, the assessor for King County has identified 300 pieces of real estate owned by the government that are 20,000 square feet or more. 
those are the lots you need to use. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. So what you're so, saying is... Yeah, go ahead. I think we're on the same path here. <laughs> yeah. Like, so sell the city assets to or use them. I mean, that's... Yeah, great. No, I think we... that. What is new about this? Well, I can tell you, this is a local guy teaming up with a local billionaire. We have people to do this. Just scale this thing. Should be scaled up immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All this, it's just like apartment buildings exist. It's insane. I mean, exactly. This is like, this is the stupidest shit. First of all, what these assholes are getting so excited about is, first of all, philanthropy okay which is nothing new yeah like you said the church donated this shit um well and now they want the government to donate other land because i they're not donating these units there's no way they're donating the units right and he's just talking about how excited he is about this being a not a public (laughs) thing but he's talking about using public land yeah of course in his mind i'm like was like you know the city give up their public land as if the city owns large swaths of seattle that are in the metropolitan area there are bits of there are bits of land here and there but like (laughs) but the point is on the back balance sheet that's the same thing it doesn't yeah i mean it that's an asset i mean the city if it was going to use it for nothing else that it needs to infrastructurally then it would sell it for money so this is this isn't like on you like value you're creating out of nothing because it's held by the government so you're combining like philanthropy which big fucking deal it's not the solution to anything having you know people with money being just being able to choose when to solve or pretend to solve problems in small ways. Yeah. Um, but also like getting excited about the like a new way to build cheap housing. Um, Prince Albert, uh, who died in like what I mean, the eighteen fifties or something, uh, Victor- Queen Victoria's um, consort. This is like this is just such an old idea. Um, the oh the Prince Albert model co- cottage is basically he got very excited and there was the, it was the society for improving the conditions of the laboring class this idea of taking you know cheaply building mm-hmm. a structure that instead of just a single townhome you know for a family for a wealthy um, merchant class family for the laboring classes you could build a building that had multiple units in it that um that the laboring class could afford uh and their model was like a four unit building it was you know sturdy brick and had a fireplace in each each one three bedrooms to a thing this is this is literally victorian england this is literally like dickensian england uh-huh. um basically that they invented you know the modern apartment building yeah so we already have apartment buildings okay that's where people can live but having like inventing new ways of making them cheaper and cheaper and cheaper is also not such a great thing. And this is like this is pervasive in our culture. This idea that if that the way to improve our economy and our economic lives, uh, you know, is to make everything cheaper for the consumer, and that's that actually sucks. That's yeah. that's terrible. Everything in our society is becoming cheaper and shittier. And look, they're talking about this solution of having these. These shitty sink, stackable single wides as like a new thing, but all that is, if that's 
better in if that's good in any way it can only be because it's cheaper than just building a similarly sized apartment building which because it's like pre-manufactured or something yeah and it's like so the fuck what like that's not a good thing that's that everything in our lives getting cheaper is actually a sign that like we're all getting poorer okay if all we can afford is something cheaper and cheaper and cheaper every year that just mean that just shows us in another way even if we can't afford housing that we're all getting poorer what we should be trying to do is make it so people can afford good ways of living so this is like the opposite of a solution this is just a fucking race to the bottom yeah i uh It'd be funny if he's like, so we're building a new prison, and (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be great. (laughs) They can bunk together. uh, They can fight for control of the prison cell. Uh, You know, why not, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun little fort for them. That's, yeah. It doesn't seem like this is even geared for home. Like, it's not. No, no. It's not talking about any program to put homeless people into things. It's just a way a new cheaper version of an apartment and it's like you can't get any cheaper than the fucking apartments are being built jesus it cost minimum 1200 bucks for a quote micro studio a very recent invention that's like a 150 square foot box with a bed a microwave a sink and another little hole with a toilet in it yeah and then the building has a shitty like shared communal kitchen tv space yeah, I mean that's like twelve hundred bucks in the city at 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 bottom end. Yeah, and in, the, in these cheap shitty buildings, I mean this is just like yeah. that is that those buildings. You look at the pictures, you they feel like where the kind of like this should be a solution for getting people off the streets. This very simple housing where they have like the facilities they need, but it's very cheap because in an emergency situation we're sp- we'd spend money. But that's not even what we're using that for. This is just what people who can afford housing have to live in in this city, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, and again, going back to what Alex said about the vacancy rates in luxury real estate now is just appalling considering the problem that we have because 25% downtown, I mean, think of how many people you could you could house. Yeah, you insane. could probably house almost nearly all the homeless people, at least in Seattle. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you know, take a take a nice big chunk out of that problem immediately. Yeah. Uh, by by making the housing affordable or whatever, so the city could just put people in it. Yeah. Um, well, that goes to show you, <laughs> yeah, that like this isn't a problem of you know new solutions to building cheap housing. Like yeah. we have ways of building cheaper non-luxury housing. But because we have a totally unregulated capitalist market, everything, all our solutions are based on the market. What we have, we had people just build tons and tons of luxury apartments because that, in a booming market, was the most potential for return on investment. In a lot of cases, again, by international investment that isn't even concerned with renting. It's not even about right. the return on investment. It's about the actual real estate going up mm-hmm. on a luxury, the value going up, and like they're fine with that. So that shows you that like even if these new techniques, which are, again are not new and are stupid, the market still didn't choose to build cheap housing all this time. It chose to build all these luxury condos. Yeah. Well, I think like the maybe this is the point you're making but uh 
it's that they totally missed the point of the problem, right? They're like, the, the problem is we have all these luxury uh, condos and apartments, but we need affordable housing for people. So let's build tiny homes. <laughs> right. And it's like, no, no, that's the problem is that the market <laughs> yeah. built only really nice things that, you know, half yeah. the population can't afford. Well, and also, like, it's not like you're solving your, it's like you're solving the problem that you created. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's that and that actually what we should want is for people to afford better living conditions yeah and i agree with yeah. that too the mm-hmm. whole idea that like oh the future is is uh, we all just have, have a meager existence living as minimally as possible and being incredibly grateful for it yeah and it's like well, what's yeah. the fucking point of that like compared to i think you know you know in the 50s or 40s when people were like you know envisioning like i think there's a whole thing like frank lloyd wright built houses that were you know, they meant they were intended to be incredibly affordable, and they ended up being modestly affordable. But they were really nice houses. He built houses in the nineteen, I think, in nineteen fifties and sixties that had heated flooring. Yeah, yeah. And that was like a that was a cost saving effort. Yeah, I would fucking but kill like, for heated yeah. flooring in my apartment. <laughs> you can't find that anywhere. Yeah. You can move out of your nice apartment that was built a hundred years ago and still functions perfectly fine. To live in a Faraday cage, a prepper, <laughs> something a prepper would bury under a pit and probably never go into, but one day might uncover and like you know use as his hideout bunker. That's now your home. Enjoy. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's about it's the standards. It's where we're like what we're even trying to reach toward, and it's like that's what they're saying here is we should everything needs to be cheaper and. The opposite is true. Everything needs to be more expensive, and we all need to be making more money to afford it. Uh, 100% agree. <laughs> also, we've been through this whole thing where we tried to make really cheap, shitty housing. Like, there was this, uh, I can't remember, I think it was like Bucky Fuller, one of his like uh, offshoot guys, um, made these houses where they take a balloon, an industrial rubber balloon, like the size of uh, a yurt, and then. Uh, they pour concrete over it and they inflate the balloon <laughs> and then the concrete dries and it creates this like dome house that's like it's fucking... like how you do like a paper mache globe yeah exactly like, dirt cheap speaking of arts and crafts you can literally build it in a day right and and, and then the guy was like this is fucking sweet like i just <laughs> solved homelessness booyah and um it turns out they're really shitty to live in and no one wants to live in a rounded home <laughs> We're like, like in corners of the room, the sound bounces off weird. So you can hear everything in an odd way. And it was just sort of this like hilarious sort of story about how like, yeah, you know, we're trying to to solve a problem by making things incredibly cheap and pared down, but that's not really what people want. And that's not and the solution. No one wants these fucking. I don't. I haven't looked at them or anything, but I guarantee you, nobody wants a, a metal steel cage home built by a startup. Uh, which will probably be out of business in a year. So if you yeah. need fixes or repairs on your warranty, you know they went bankrupt. Good luck with that. <laughs> so I think, like you know, not only is it is it just stupid on face value, but it's sort of like, yeah, we know there's cheaper ways to make homes. We can make them even cheaper, probably. But yeah, what's the point? Yeah. Anyway, I uh, am announcing that I will be moving into one of these tiny <laughs> homes. Uh, <laughs> The next next podcast uh, that will be our uh, recorded in one. I can't wait for your cage warming party. <laughs> well, you know, you guys laugh now, but like I said, when that EMP pulse comes from China or the Sun or North Korea, 
guess whose cell phone will be working just fine? <laughs> Mine. Who will you be able to call, though, Alex? Ah, <laughs> oh, good point. I'll still get the internet, though, hopefully. Maybe. No. The North Korean internet, maybe. <laughs> one can only hope. At least the internet will work. Hopefully. No, seriously. If you're buying one of these, you're hoping for Red Dawn. Yeah, you're just hoping to survive. I'm like, glad things are looking up in Seattle for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Uplifting. It, it's just cool that local people can team up with local billionaires and solve problems. Yeah. I think that's a really neat And AM radio shows or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what, what Ron and Don are on. They sound like they're uh, on. Cairo? Yeah. Cairo is at um, 973 oh, FM. Okay. Oh, they're or, FM. Yeah. Wait. 97.3? It's 97.3. Sorry. It's folks. KBSG. <laughs> That oh, was KBSG. Now sad. it's the Crank Radio. <laughs> Dude, there was a, this is a side story though. Uh, but um, I was on Neighborhood trying to find some like funny stories for the podcast, and didn't really find anything that funny except for one story about this guy who had these raccoons under his deck, and he was like. I'm really torn because they're actually like attacking me and my family as we leave the house, <laughs> but I feel wrong, like you know, putting them to you know, killing them basically. I don't want to get rid of them and have them die. And there was this huge debate on neighborhood about like, is it ethical to kill a pest? And it's like animals need a place to live too. Argument, and so it was kind of going on and back and forth. <laughs> and eventually, what the solution was is he. Um, took a bunch of sriracha from Trader Joe's and just emptied the bottles under his deck like to piss off the raccoons and then played the Dory Monson show (laughs) 24-7 with a speaker facing (laughs) down into his deck. And he's like, did the trick. It worked. They're never coming back. (laughs) Isn't that how they got Noriega out? (laughs) So, folks, uh, remember 97.3 if you have, you know, rodent problems. uh, (laughs) They hate it. (laughs) They They hate it. They hate it so much. It turns out life is adverse to <laughs> <laughs> the Dory Monson show. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. That's fucked up. Um, okay, so other news uh, this week. This is big. This is like big national news. But uh, it's back, you know, back to Bay. So the big news is that Amazon has uh, done a billion-dollar deal to buy this online pharmacy company called PillPack. Pill pack, you know, it's subject to I think like regulatory approval, but it's you know another in a long line of moves of Amazon to um, get into other businesses. And I don't know what pill pack is. Is it yeah. like pharmacy drugs online? Well, you know what a pack is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what a pill is. Yeah. So okay. So the story is, I mean, there's there's stories in not only the Seattle Times but also on, I mean, Wall Street Journal and everywhere. This is big news. Uh, billion dollar deal. PillPack is a company. They're a startup that sells prescription drugs online delivery. Um, this isn't a business that Amazon has been in up to now. Some of the coverage of this has pointed out that they have been in the over-the-counter drug business, and they've been for the past year. They've got like a house brand of over-the-counter drugs that they've been um, undercutting, like the other drugs at at about twenty percent. And the um, line's called Basic Care. Basic Care. Jesus, yeah. that's grim. It's very grim. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, that's their like house brand name, that's Basic some black and everything. But um, <laughs> it is, yeah, Basic Care. Um, but the day this is announced, the stock prices of CVS and Walgreens like 
collectively dropped by $12 billion. Holy shit. You know, but a lot of the coverage is, you know, it points this out. I mean, it basically, the coverage is covering two things. Basically, like, the stock market um, effects, like, presently and long term, and the consumer price effects. And it's sort of this, well, you know, these people are losing this money, but this is going to be... This is going to mean lower prices for consumers. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, it's just like the fucking last thing we talked about. It's this this sort of chasing the dragon of lower prices on everything as if that's some kind of answer to our problems or that's some kind of universal, like, agreed good. And in this case, I mean, this is just, I like, this story is perfect just to talk about Amazon's basic business model. Um, cause in this move, what they're trying to do is get into the, um, prescription drug business and, uh, you know, the stock market agrees and that that is worrying for the traditional players in that market. You know, it's a big, uh, Seattle times says, uh, $560 billion a year industry in America. You know, they're doing what they've done ton of other times everything they've done which is to use their collective sort of their larger power to get in on an industry and bankrupt it and monopolize it yeah yeah the the fact that this doesn't violate some kind of antitrust law blows my mind well it may look it has to pass regulatory approval but i mean who know, you know well yeah. trump so, hates bezos though yeah that yeah like there's uh, all kinds of in and out i mean general it's a republican administration so gen- i'm still gonna say yeah probably it's still going to pass just fine <laughs> yeah. but unless there's some weird wild card from the totally unpredictable president trump well and the whole foods merger went through in the trump era too right yeah well but what but amazon's wild card is that they're uh we're not a direct competitor to <laughs> no, these people that, that is the way that no so that is how they get approval. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not hurting competition. In, if we in don't fact, compete with them. No, if anything, and I think that they're right. Like that, that it isn't a monopoly in the sense that like there are other a number of other like you know companies that are competing with them in the market. Right. Right. So that's not like that's not the problem. Is that like oh it's a competition thing? The problem is is that we have a really fucked up system where Amazon can afford to lose an insane amount of money because yes. they have. Their market capitalization is yeah. like insane, it's right? Insane. Like their stock yeah. price is like uh, either they're not making any money, uh, and so you know they can afford to just lose money and lose money, and then it ends up like I think the example we're all thinking of is like bookstores, right? Yeah, like it's the original one. Like you really, there aren't any bookstores anymore that are like just your generic bookstore. Um, those don't exist. If you're lucky, you have like a used bookstore that is like just like. God only knows how they're hanging on. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a cat sanctuary. You know, lots there's of guaranteed, novels, yeah, there's a cat. Stephen King at least books. three cats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, that's like the weird niche that like Bezos hasn't got. He's like, damn, uh, you know, like used bookstores that are hanging on. Yeah, no, he's let that one go. But like, no, it's it's exactly that because actually, in these regulatory decisions. It's actually, like in this one, and the coverage points this out, that actually, if anything, this is introducing more competition to the market. 
That's what it's sold as. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and so, in the short term, this merger that does that, it's like okay, there's there's Rite Aid, there's Walgreens, there's um, CVS, and now oh, okay, well then now there will be a big player, Amazon. So if anything, that um, introduces more competition. And this is the problem with our regulatory oversight since the Reagan administration is this is basically the extent of it. The only place that there's even any sort of faint toward uh, exercising like regulatory power over antitrust, you know, laws um, is in this, in the merger phase, you know, that's all we do. We don't follow up later. Also, it's nice to have like, it makes the politicians feel like they have a purpose, right? (laughs) They all confer together and, or whatever, you know, whoever needs to vote, whatever regulatory committee votes on it. And then it always passes. Yeah, it's a like, little bit of power they retain. Yeah. Like it's like I remember when like it's like AT and T bought Sprint or something like that, and it was yeah. just like, mm-hmm. no, it's fine. And like, like te- isn't Telecom? No, that and um, Time Warner. Time Warner. Time and AT and T. Yeah, and AT and T merch. And it's like, yeah. dear God, like yeah. pretty soon, and you know, with the death of like a net neutrality, like mm-hmm. it'll be like a literal amazing monopoly, just like in the next five years. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that blows my mind is that I I understand the perspective that you both were talking about why it passes some preliminary muster, but the thing is when you just look at a company like Amazon, you see how they horizontally integrate and then they very quickly vertically integrate within yeah. the horizontal, and so when not that CVS or Walgreens or Rite Aid deserve much sympathy, but they're not playing with the same kind of diversified sort of portfolio that Amazon is because they have their hands in everything. Right. And they they literally cannot compete with that. Like, no, they, they just can't. can't compete with it. So I mean, the money facilitates that, right? Yeah. The market well, cap the facilitates thing. that, but but we, you know, the story is always, well, on the one hand it's like, okay, this will make things cheaper for consumers and we've gone over how cheapness is not good. Everything should be more expensive. And we should just have more money to pay for it. You deserve also, more expensive medication. <laughs> yeah, you sir. absolutely do. Your Cialis? How much are you paying for that? No, You're because overall, too little for your. Healthcare. If everything goes up in price, you know, sir, some things will go up in quality. Okay, I, I think housing and a lot of other things need to go up in quality, and we should be able to afford more quality things. That's what we should be striving for, not cheaper shit. But also, we just need massive inflation in this country. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think you're describing inflation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That luckily, we have I'm... a fiat currency, so let's just print more. Yeah. No, we need inflation in this country. We haven't had any in my lifetime. My adult life, the uh, the life where I've, the years where I've carried debt, massive like debt, uh, there's been no inflation, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but we like we have all just like the same kind of mantra we have in our culture that lower prices are better for the quote consumer. We all it's that inflation is bad. This is bullshit. Inflation is just rising prices. If you're working and there's inflation and your wages aren't rising with inflation, then inflation isn't what's fucking you. What's fucking you is you're getting a pay cut, right? Because every year, yeah. every year because your what you're being paid it ha- is less value. Losing value, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're actually taking a pay cut. Right. That's the way we need to be thinking about it. Yeah, if you aren't thinking about that already, like... Oh, no one, <laughs> no one in America uh, thinks that way okay. at all. But that's it. Shit, you, you know, you work for a value, you're worth something to your employer, you buy things for a value. The medium of exchange is bullshit. What we've had is this 
small amount of inflation over um, many decades to bring down wages. But people were able to be convinced and felt like it's this thing called inflation that's happening that was causing that. But all that was was a mechanism to lower people's wages. And that's what happened. We've had, we now have lower wages. And if you feel like your wages are not going up relative to inflation, then what's happening is your employer's not giving you, is giving you a pay cut every year. Yeah. And how did I get off on this jag? It was amazing. Uh, you started giving like an economic lesson on what inflation was. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we were just talking about we, you were going back to the lower prices are not. Better. Oh right, right, right. And then you just kind of like kept going. Okay, so we need to, to have inflation and have wages keep up with it, so that we can devalue the wealth held in dollars by the fucking super rich by fucking everybody (laughs) yeah our national debt sure great but this is and this is no new idea this is a you know this is the sort of more democratically minded founders of america had had the same thought um uh i don't think that is this mentioned in hamilton that he was against this is the point of like the uh yeah there was a whole five minute rap about it (laughs) that there was (laughs) yeah no was to prevent this but this is what you need to do to combat accumulation of wealth and debt abuse by debt is to constantly slowly be devaluing the currency if you don't hold large amounts of wealth in dollars if you Unless you literally have $100,000 or more in the bank yeah. daily and no debt in dollars. I don't mean what the value of your house. That right. is not affected yeah. by inflation at all. I'm talking about liquidity. Actual dollars, yeah. you're not affected badly by inflation. You're affected by the pay cut you're getting from your boss that's being hidden by inflation. So, but if you are a billionaire, you're probably very diversified. You've got your money in stocks. You've got shit, but but some of it is probably in fucking dollars. And you can take that power away from those people by devaluing the currency slowly in a controlled way. And you can take the edge off people's debt. Uh, if you are you middle class people out there, if you've had more debt than you've had wealth in the bank account all this time the inflation would have been good for you if you hadn't been getting stiffed by a pay cut that was hidden by inflation yeah which is why the next time you have to negotiate your salary you just go up to your boss and you say listen pay me whatever you're paying me now but it has to be an amazon gift card (laughs) (laughs) and bezos bucks yeah and then you've just hacked inflation basically because uh the value of the amazon gift card yeah, no, it doesn't actually work that way. <laughs> yeah. no, the problem is those are denominated in dollars. In dollars, right? Now, yeah. if they yeah. were denominated in Bezos bucks, that'd be a whole different thing. That would be a way to diversify your assets yeah. in another thing. But but you can still hold on to them and bet against the the uh, value of the dollar. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, that twenty five dollars might buy you more than it would today. Yeah. Right? Well, it's no. It's also no coincidence that. Our pol- the like monetary policy of the last of this century has been to limit inflation to nothing, and that is because we've seen a rise over the previous few decades, the end of the 20th century, in the accumulation of private wealth, and so suddenly, when you have these bi- millionaires and billionaires growing, this suddenly becomes there this pressure to lower 
to lower inflation because they're that's the those are the only people who are getting fucked by it. But it it we pretend it's this social catastrophe. Again, yeah. how did I get out of this? Uh, you we're, were trying to an, you were drawing an analogy between the lowering the value of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where we got onto it. So this. So what I was saying about lowering the I know, value. it's not. there's not much of a connection there. <laughs> Don't look at me. Well, I just want to say before you keep going that it's really, it's really great to hear a success story for the super rich. I mean, we talk about uh, these unsuccessful stories of the working class, middle class people, but at least there's a success story of the economy. Yeah. 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 Okay. Limiting their... Their loss of wealth by inflation. Yeah. Dude, the funny thing about that article, too, that talked about the little tiny homes yeah. is, like, no homeless people got a home. There <laughs> yeah. was literally no success story. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, and now people are living in them. It's like, no, they just built them. Yeah, that was... <laughs> no, they're just talking. They built a model. That was the Arrested <laughs> Development moment where they go to the house and it just, like, falls over, you know? Yeah. You're, like, celebrating that you put something on the ground, not that somebody's living there. <laughs> that's a good analogy for america right now yeah. right like we're all super impressed about the unemployment rate jobs are yeah. at an all-time high yeah uh inflation is still miraculously how do they do it folks no one knows <laughs> yeah. uh you know ha- hasn't wages haven't gone up in a oh, decade or yeah. so or like they actually well, down. No, over the, oh, since the like mid 70s they've right? gone we- like down steadily so or just flat which is same yeah. as down pretty much yeah. Uh, but then we're all celebrating it being like hey it's a win this is good I don't know <laughs> well that's the thing that's because because we've had these falling wages since the mid 70s the solution from the overlord class has been but prices can get lower so what does that really mean and this is the same thing with the drugs it's like yeah the prices on these drugs will get lower and lower but that's only to to sort of put a bomb on the pain of everyone getting poorer. And if everyone's getting poorer, the price is getting lower. That's all it is. That's just a Band-Aid. So we're just in this race to the bottom. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, But I think also, I mean, specifically going back to this article, that what Amazon is doing very intentionally is they're... they're just undercutting their competitor because they can afford to take. Yeah, but that they're loss. so brilliant for doing that. I mean, the innovation yeah, that it takes to come up with this, you know. Yeah, that's why they have glass balls uh, <laughs> in the middle of the most expensive part of Seattle. <laughs> yeah, it's because they deserve the lottery winnings that come with uh, <laughs> with just you know old school robber baron tactics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that really, when the revolution comes. Those will be occupied and filled with the homeless. That'd be rad. Actually, tents in inside. No, we need like gangs, like the warriors, to live in there. You know, like yeah, to take it over. Yeah, I'm gonna make it the seat of my power. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a throne in there somewhere. Oh, there's yeah. gotta be. There's yeah. gotta be. It's shrouded in, in throne room. palm fronds, but yeah. um, which can then be used to fan you when and they you just sit bring there. out we general take a, donuts. We should take a field trip sometime. Does anybody know Dude, any I tried to Amazonians? Look. That- I so you can you can sign up um, for weekends. And when I tried to look last because somebody I know wanted to go, they were all full. I think we can we just show up and be like show them our phone or something like that. I don't know. They've got. 
they've got kids that look like they're about 15 as a security guard, so I don't really want to get tased or By a 15 year old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, hard yeah, to fight back. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, no, like yeah, someone just with no like. Okay, well, if any of our listeners have access to the glass balls, um, shoot us a line. We'll, we'll at, record at Seattle sucks pod on Twitter. We'll record from in there, and you know, sure, there'll be like background noise of like burbling brooks and like parrots like calling <laughs> yeah. uh, i assume yeah but, jungle like, monkeys yeah, yeah. <laughs> just jungle monkeys just fucking uh just, just yeah, the, like the bonobo enclosure the whole time we'll just off. be like yeah it's just it's it's just kind of like a glass house it's just like a, a greenhouse that's all it is like a buckminster fuller's geodesic oh it's dome. very yeah. it's very uh like, i don't know buckminster fuller um, so, but you but they said made it, it uglier somehow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, they really are ugly too, though. Incredibly I was when they when they were ugly. going up in the first place. The underlying um, structure of like the concrete, the shaped, sculpted concrete girders, I thought was actually kind of beautiful looking. I thought if you just like fitted glass into those shapes, that would be. Then they, but then they just covered it with this skin of other with another frame of glass and it just looks like shit. That's kind of It just looks like something like uh you know like HR Geiger would create or something. <laughs> no, like this yeah, topic it really does, yeah. Alien. Cuz it's got that those like biomorphic curves. Uh-huh. So it's like trying to be like a nest <laughs> that some evil creature would like hide its eggs in. Yeah. Is what it really looks like. Whereas a geodesic dome or like straight line patterns that are like mm-hmm. you know very obvious and repeating whereas this is like far more nefarious and like yeah no you know, totally it's trying to be natural in a yeah. way that's like uncanny deeply un- yeah very uncanny <laughs> like, so, but like so you said it alex about like the way that you know amazon just has the money to undercut and Calling, you know, to undercut these businesses or to buy to branch out into a new market by and buying like pill pack, for example, or buying Whole Foods, and then they overnight they can become a brick and mortar retailer, right? And let us not let them get away with like the narrative of like, well, they're this incredibly innovative company that like. You know, it's because of their they're just churn, turning over their success into new successes. But that's bullshit. You said it. They're not make. They don't make any money. Well, I guess that's really questionable, right? Because there is no oversight into where the money is going, and and so we don't know. They file stock reports, you know, because they're a publicly traded company, but we don't know like if the Whole Foods is making any money or not. Well, that may be. I mean, Whole Foods was already presumably a profitable company, but I'm talking about like Amazon. Where do they get this money to? just enter whole new businesses and i think the model the narrative is well it's this scrappy little startup that started selling books and they were you know like packaging them in bezos's garage or whatever and he did it himself and And he he was on his knees like to the post office yeah colin do you know what a do you know what a door desk is (laughs) (laughs) but are you familiar with a little innovation called the door desk and then they survived the dot-com bust Yes, they did. And then, you know, all this money they have, their billions, are their success story. And that's how they're able to take their their brilliance and their genius models and put them in these in new, ever new, new and new sectors. And then, well, it's just when those other sectors then go, like, 
get decimated and their market gets taken over by this big behemoth, it's well, it's because they're doing it in this new and better way. And I just want to like shit all over that yeah. because the actual truth of what Amazon is, um, is a uh, I will describe it as a cartel of the wealthiest interests in the world getting together specifically to pool their money in a way that they can legally collude to uh, to loss lead other industries yeah and, and take over their their market share and then slowly like and con- to control that market share and I'll back that up with just the actual story of Amazon. Jeff Bezos is uh he's a stock market guy. Yep. He's a very successful yeah. like um He was an investment banker. Investment banker. Yeah. So his job was getting he's a Wall Street guy who whose job was getting money together and so he wasn't this like tech guy in a basement who had to like convince people to who had to convince other stock market guys who didn't know what they were talking about to like get some money from you know uh angel investors or whatever. He's a guy who's whole who's very successful at the job of getting money together. He had all those connections. So when he weathers and wealthy parents. Oh yeah, parents. and if, yeah, well he got to where he was already, yeah, because he started off, you know, very well. I actually consider that a, a more difficult uh, it's an anti-privilege. <laughs> yeah, you know, because people parents. don't take you seriously. Yeah, because you know? people think you just get, were given everything, and they don't. Yeah. They don't. You don't get any respect from anybody. Yeah, and that's looked down on our in our culture. I didn't you know? know, Max Landis was. Yeah, on the you. Podcast. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> who would use their money to to advance themselves like or that? their children? It's so it's just, disgusting. Yeah, it just seems unfair, unmeritocratic. Yeah, like so un-American. Yeah, yeah basically. So I would say, like, <laughs> if anything, Jeff has really like worked twice as hard as as a normal person has to shed that, you know? Yeah. At le- yeah. At least we're all joking right now, but like literally <laughs> 75% of any like millionaire that you talk to will tell you the same thing. To oh, your face. absolutely. But actually it's, it's really hard being <laughs> no, it's hard work hard. Well, this is what yeah. Bezos says. What Bay says is like, listen, you know, uh, I, he, he talks about luck too, but I yeah. think cause he's smart Only enough recently. to like, yeah, he's turned. He started saying like, "Well, we're very lucky" because he knows he's in this position now of being the richest man on the planet. A yeah, a demigod. <laughs> yeah. But he has to like start going. Well, I got very lucky. I won the Amazon lottery. <laughs> but what he really did was, I mean, how does he get through? From everything, what journalism has been done, what access to the numbers people have had have. The story has always been that they've never made a fucking dime until very recently. Until they stumbled into their web services business, and which, that's finally starting. To which was, I mean, if we're again giving credit where it's due, that that was truly an innovation, and it's changed. It's changed the software world considerably. Yeah, but that's pretty much where the innovation so that's, ends. And so they they did that. Yeah, that's not how they weathered the dot com boom. No. No, nope. this is very recently. Yeah, they they built a new model from scratch of how to host the internet, and and they're making money on that. But that is not where all of Jeff Bezos' wealth comes from. They're finally starting to show profitability in that, but that's not even that's not that does not explain all their money. Right. The money is just investment. This is mm-hmm. what Jeff Bezos is. He could have picked anything, and he knew this. He picked books. Okay. 
But what his concept was was, I can get this investment money to start selling things on the internet, yeah. and and he just picked an industry. They've never made a dollar on selling the books on anything else. It's yeah. you know they're and even if they're showing profitability now, their real secret has been uh, and how they got they weren't profitable. Other companies that were. Also doing as well as them went under in the dot-com bust because their investors pulled out. Because the market turned on that whole sector because it was ludicrously overvalued. Amazon has always been ludicrously overvalued. The difference is he was able to keep people, to convince people to keep their money in during that time and get through it. Uh, And then he's continued to get more and more and more and more capital investment in that company. So all every all the rich people in the world have Amazon stock. Okay, yeah. the largest institutions. Okay, this it's a pool of stock. And what's his pitch? What's his pitch? He has a lot of fluff. He talks about you know all this shit. But really, what has he been able to show year after year? Look, we saw this industry, and we went, hey, we have all of your investment money, so we had that money to put that out of business and that's he he's done an end runner by being able to just put more capital up front than yeah. anyone else ever yeah. he's doing an end run around the normal like growth of a business of like trying to grab market share he's just been able to like to loss lead every every sector until you have that market share through like you said their horizontal yeah. integration it's a one stop shop now yep so that that Everything else is a fucking myth. All it is is a cartel for for putting other industries out of business. Yeah, completely. Well, also, I think to some of Amazon's credit, like their whole pitch was we're never we're never going to be profitable because we don't we believe in reinvesting and reinvesting and reinvesting. Oh, that's but, true. Yeah, and so that's one thing that like they kind of changed the narrative on what a stock is. And, for sure, and and, and that think- and that is a little bit of mesmerism, a little bit, but. Also, they're benefiting from a market where the only place to put your money if you want any kind of return is in the stock market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not, you know, profitable to... Or Seattle real estate. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, it's not profitable to put it into anything else. Yeah. Like, literally. Yeah. Well, look, I There's think no that, inflation. This, yeah. His so. idea, his pitch of we're always going to be re- reinvesting is that's the coded language of... This idea, I'm talking this cartel yeah, idea, yeah. I'm talking mm-hmm. about because most businesses couldn't pull that off. You couldn't continually yeah. invest. You'd run out of shit to invest in. You'd always need new brilliant ideas to be developing. No one, you know, like yeah. AT and T did it for a while. You know, like, I, but it runs out. Like at some point, like you can't just be putting like pure research or something R and D. That's not what their shit's going to. So I'm sure some of it is, but but what the, that. What that means is, what they're saying is, because of our horizontal integration, because we have a platform that we can sell anything on, there will always be, we will, we can always be in reinvesting and growing because there's always going to be more businesses for us to just yeah. come in and hammer out market share yep. from people who can't compete with us. Totally. So that's the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why government needs to intervene, but it won't. Yeah. Well, we don't do that. I mean, we haven't reinforced antitrust laws, you know, for a very long time. But if any company was ever ripe for it, holy shit. 
Yeah. Amazon needs to be fucking broken into a million fucking pieces. Absolutely. But but that's so out of our dialogue. You know how many jobs that would kill, Greg? No, look how many it jobs they have killed. Like a job massacre. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's I don't want to I don't want to say a job a cost. I don't want to 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 use that kind of like job a cost. But it you would heard be, it here first, everybody. It would be the worst possible thing ever. Job again. No, I it would mean job again. <laughs> Oh, that's well. That's more tasteful. Thank you. Um, no, that's like no. I'm sure that would be the narrative. But look, this example is so perfect. Like it's it's happened so many times. But look, they're going to take this piece of the drugstore market, right? Yeah. That is oh, yeah. going to. Oh yeah, that's what we were talking. Now about. listen, the fucking drugstore. Pull <laughs> back, everybody. The fucking drugstores. Remember are that overpopulated anyway. I mean, like. The, these stu- Dude, these shitty can, companies, Walgreens can, and CVS, they can get fucking Cialis and Viagra <laughs> in the hands, the sweaty, grimy hands of forty-eight-year-old men named like fucking Todd, <laughs> like three Ds or whatever. Then they, then they will make a killing, and they can do it for less because yeah. that's all that this shit is—is is like pills that people don't need. And like that's like the like look at all the fucking commercials are for, right? Yeah. They're not for like fucking like you know amoxicillin <laughs> right even though that's probably like the number one prescribed drug right it's all for like fucking ridiculous shit and and people well, for can't first stop world problems but i mean like you know you gotta get it up you know? <laughs> my but legs what... are restless Alex. <laughs> okay now that we, like pill pack fucking like that's how they'll succeed and they know that they know that like they're not trying to invent any new drugs yeah. or like Mm-mm. it's not like a it's like no we might be able to get um shitty boner pills <laughs> to, old, to men faster yep and, and that, cheaper because and that fucking like same thing with the fucking when they made the female viagra mm-hmm. and like pretty much everyone was like yeah there's not much science behind this but hey whatever right like <laughs> well look this is that is what they'll say but they'll be smarter than that they'll start selling um, they'll they'll find the high profile stuff like the um, HIV um, oh yeah prophylactic drugs the Shikrelli stuff that he um, and, and like they'll find ways they'll find high profile ways to show like look we are get we and are insulin insulin absolutely they'll find these ways to go high profile and say look we are making these things more affordable and they will get the good fucking press on that and again it comes to the same thing I say the the issue isn't even oh, the affordability in the drug in the drug world. Actually, yes, it. This is one place where shit does actually need to be cheaper because yeah. all this shit just needs to be nationalized. Yeah, it needs to be but, free. But just to use this as an example of like the other industries, they're going to take this thing that people want and say, "Look, we're making it cheaper for the consumer, solving a problem here." But what they're actually doing is. These stores are going to close stores, right? Like yeah. these drugstores, this is what they sell. They sell mm-hmm. that and like soda and chips and cigarettes. Yep. And they're like, basically a 7 Eleven that. Dude, they're a 7 Eleven with a fucking pharmacy. That's pharmacist. what these places yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. But like, the, the genius of it, though, is like no one's going to cry for the pharmacist. No. They're like the in no. the top hated <laughs> professions. Top, I, dude, I hate drugstores are like probably number five it's like the most irritating just shitty like thing to deal with ever and 
like I, I can't even remember the last time I had to pick up medication for anything, but it was a fucking pain in the ass. And it was just like needlessly like, oh, your your prescription's here to pick up. Oh, well, I told him to send it here. You know, just like yeah. dumb yeah. shit like that yeah. constantly. Also, no, so but- like... Like, the public's going to be fucking all for this, right? Yeah. Like, if there's going to be no resistance to this obviously evil yeah. thing. No, right. <laughs> right, but it is going to put the... And, dude, those stores are so shitty. So this is, like, a very easy example for them to win this argument. But, like, uh, you got to apply this same logic to every other industry. Like, yes, pharmacists, they're like, okay, great. Think that's your prescription? Will be. What other product are they, like, that they have on shelves behind you, behind them? Are they, like, okay, um might be ready in a half an hour you know it's like <laughs> there's nothing yeah. else <laughs> but and then and, they go take a nap no no but it's because and they have like this very like specific way of doing things and this all these procedures and they're they have their have professional certification and training and degrees and it's like i'm actually all for that like yeah. they should protect those fucking things and this is a way to do an end run around that okay oh totally. then what about everybody else who works sorry no, what sorry. about everybody else who works in those stores like those are going to close it's just like uh, not all of them but i mean like you know we'll see the number of drug stores in this country decline and like again Ooh. i fucking hate Holy those drugstore chains i figured it out bezos is going to develop the AI, the machine learning needed to teach a computer how to pass the pharmacist certification exam. <laughs> and it's going to be like the Turing test, but for a pharmacist, and they're going to be like, listen, uh, the computer's a pharmacist. Go for it. <laughs> like it can issue all the commands and do everything. But first it needs to be able to pass a test like a human. So fuck Amazon. Well, yeah. And one, one thing I want to add to this, um, is that I think it's, a particularly insidious move or a telegraph play given the team, the justice league team of super friends that has formed between Buffett, uh, Jamie, JP Morgan, CEO, Jamie diamond and, uh, Bezos to form their own healthcare company because you know where they're talking about, you know where they're going to be using cycling people through, they're going to cycle people through Amazon's, apparatus for healthcare there's ob- like obviously so they're starting a healthcare they're starting company. a healthcare company and yeah. so they're gonna probably try to work almost push people through that funnel like oh yeah, you yeah, need yeah prescriptions yeah. go to amazon yeah yeah, yeah yeah whatever go to amazon yeah <clears throat> you know it's it's gonna be i mean like the hmo system but but more privately run like it's an actual like yeah, for-profit company yeah well, I mean, this again, it's the same thing. What's interesting is that they're not doing it by themselves, you know? That that's it's such a big, powerful industry that that if they're going to do their plan, the but the, again, what what have they done here? They've formed a cartel to yeah. do it's mm-hmm. this is the Bezos model, right? Take huge amount of capital investment to just bully your way into uh another industry. Yep. Um, but he's at, this is so big and terrifying that he needs other help to do it. Um, yeah, or he believes his like, his own hype or the myth. Oh, of course I mean, he does. Yeah, yeah. no, and if, you know they, it's all about innovation and like finding new ways. But again, like it's, it's the same with the fucking houses. There are we don't need actually all that much new stuff. This is old things. The problem is not the way houses are built or the way. Uh, healthcare is delivered. It's that people are poor and shit is like out of reach of people. Well, we yeah. know Bezos has got to be an accelerationist because he wants to get all those yeah. people 
into space where they belong. Yeah. So he's, like, he's just trying to folks, go you, as fast as You don't want to be on the Blue Origin spaceship. <laughs> well, you don't want it. I know it's going to seem really cool, and he's going to promise you're going to come right back down <laughs> yeah. and be able to you're see your family back. again. You know, <laughs> no, ironically... Doc- you live in space now. <laughs> a doctor's note gets you into the Amazon space program. You know that's actually a prescription you can yeah. get on AmazonDoctor.com. Whatever uh, is, uh, uh, please report to Launchpad Seven. Or a doctor will just look at you and go, "Ooh, you've been zoned for a heavy in- industry." Just <laughs> point up in the sky. I'm like, mm. No, it'll be, but it'll be cool. It'll be like. You, Colin, I've been thinking about getting space certified. Uh, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of, it's free. Amazon pays for it. <laughs> uh, well, uh, all the best jobs think, are in space. I think uh, the, the question is, like, would your offspring be undesirable for the future human race? Yeah. Um, are you a drag on society? Um, <laughs> yeah. Is your servile would... work in your nature? <laughs> your kids would be born in space. Of course they would be. They wouldn't. You think on Earth they would be useless? They'd expect to float everywhere, and they'd just no, be no. like fucking it up. Constantly. But if you were on Earth, even if your children were born on Earth, would they be a drag on society? If yes, then they might as well be born as freaks in space. Well, they'd have space dads, you know. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to have anyone to teach them to go fishing, or how to ride a bike, or how to tie their shoes, or I don't know, whatever, or really anything, because they live in like container-sized boxes and corridors yeah. uh, on in on an asteroid. Yeah, somewhere. and they'd say horrific things like, "Tell me about the oceans of Earth, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> What's a cloud look What's like? A sunset? <laughs> <laughs> what does it feel like when the sun comes up on your skin? <laughs> What's a What's a fully oxygenated atmosphere like, Daddy? Dude, I can't wait until every American looks like the beer because <laughs> Earth has become so inhospitable that we're forced to wear like these rad like suits made of like compression plastic yeah. and powdered constantly. I just hope I look like Stinks rather than the Baron Arcone. <laughs> you already do look like Stinks. <laughs> <laughs>